You're listening to the Cougar Preview Show with Hans and Scotty on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hans and Scotty here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Thanks for making us part of your day. Every Wednesday from 12 to 2, we talk BYU football. Thursdays from 12 to 2, it's Utah football. And then on Fridays, it's a football Friday where we just talk football nonstop. So a lot on the plate today, a lot to break down, and uh, a lot going on. So fired up. It's going to be a lot of fun today. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun because this is a big-time game. You know, getting ready for BYU-Utah State, that's a big-time game. And um, I'm excited for this matchup. I'm excited because some of these numbers are very interesting. I mean, very interesting. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that we're going to go through some of these numbers and see that Utah State has an opportunity, has a real chance to put up some numbers and has a chance in this game. So the question that's been asked to a lot of BYU players is this game a rivalry? Do you look at this Utah State team as a rival? And uh, here are some comments. We're going to start with Gabe Summers. Then you're going to hear from Gunnar Romney and then uh, Neil Pau. So here are those three players back to back to back. I do consider them a rival, but I think more than anything, Utah State is just another team to play. I feel like uh, oftentimes there's people who really dislike us, and to us, they're just another team, and I feel like Utah State is a, is a good example of that. Of course, we're going to come out and, and come play to win, but I feel like to us, it's just a game. We're just ready to play another game. Um, a little bit, for sure. I mean, they are a rival. Um, we want to go in there to their to their home field and get a win, um, but in the end, it's just another game. You know, it's, it's just another, we look kid games one week at a time and this is the game that we have next and so really it should be treated as any other game should be i've never seen utah state as a rival i know that we there's the wagon wheel and stuff but i've only played them once i didn't play them the, the last time that we won it because i was suspended so i mean i just see them as another team we saw utah as another team so that's what we're going to do it as so a little bit of a downplay from uh from three players i mm-hmm. uh, don't think that that hasn't reached up in logan I was on the coach's show last night, Nick Henniger, former Ute, and now Aggie on that defensive line, who, by the way, is having a crazy good season this year. Fantastic. And uh, Derek Wright, uh, another in-state high school player who is now playing at Utah State. Uh, I did not bring this up, by the way. I didn't, you know, don't think this was me running comments up there. This was their reaction on the game. Um, and uh, let's say some of the things that have been said have made its way up to Logan. Playing BYU is uh, definitely a rivalry on both sides, playing at the University of Utah and now here at Utah State. It's a fun game. It's a game, I mean, it's a rivalry game. At the end of the day, there's a lot of emotion, especially in the community, Cache Valley and Provo. It's an emotional game. That's what I'll say about it. And uh, I've just heard some some people trying to say, you know, it's not a rivalry. The BYU-Utah one's a rivalry. And I'm like, I've played at both, and it is a rivalry nonetheless. And for those who have recently said that I would say yeah I would try and forget the last couple years where they've lost at home too if I were them yeah right I mean this is a rivalry I respect this team obviously you can see on film they are a, a really good team a great opponent for us to go face but don't get it twisted this is still a rivalry and we will bring that intensity to this game I grew up in Utah County almost my whole life I was recruited a little bit by BYU and like Nick said there's some trying to claim that it's not a rivalry I've already had a bunch of my friends on the BYU team sending me 
pictures of the wagon wheel and you know in our group messages with all of our friends trying yeah. to get score predictions it's it's a rivalry they might not want to think it is they're going to come in here and think that they're going to get, get an easy win and we're going to bring the energy level like it's a rivalry and at the end of the day we'll see what happens <laughs> two different two very different fills from the yeah. two sides yeah okay well in an effort to try to explain the depth of how this is a rivalry and how this is a different game than any other game that will be played. What I would ask BYU fans and what I would ask Kalani Sataki and what I'd ask every one of the three players that was interviewed there by, on BYU side of things, I would ask, who would you rather lose to, Utah or Utah State? Who would you rather lose to? They'd rather lose to Utah. BYU fans would rather lose to Utah. I would think so. Coaches would rather lose to Utah. That tells you exactly where Utah State stands. It is unacceptable in BYU history, in BYU locker rooms, in front offices. Tom Homo looking at Kalani. It's like, okay, I know that you've never beat Utah, but... And that and that sucks. And, and you need to beat Utah so we can really take care of you on some big-time money and big-time years. But if Kalani had never beat Utah State, I don't think Kalani would be there. I don't think that – I don't think Tom Homo – that wouldn't have been accept, acceptable. Now, Kalani, I think is – I think Kalani's two and two. Is he two and two? Yeah, I think so. Wait, One Kalani, in his first year? Kalani's first year was 16, right? Or was it 15? I'll look it up. He's either 2-2 two and two or 3-2 three and two against Utah State. I can't remember. I thought 16 was his first year. Cause I think so. If it's 16, then he's 2-2. Because two two. Uh, BYU won in 16, lost in 17-18. BYU won in 19, and they didn't play. Because he's year. in his fifth year now. Yeah. yeah. He's so, his... he's, so he's 2-2. Two two. He's 500 against Utah State. So I can tell you that if he was 0-4 – probably wouldn't be the head coach at BYU. That's how much it means to Tom Homo. Yeah. And I can also tell you, I think, well, I can tell you from my point of view, if I was the head coach at BYU, the game that is least acceptable to lose is Utah State. So what does that do to you? It ramps up the pressure in a big way. Pressure. It is a, it is a pressure pot. It is... And when coaches are pressured like that, the players feel it. Because all of a sudden, things are less acceptable at practice. Like if somebody jumps offside. Well, in a given week, you jump offside during a week of preparation, and it's like, hey, don't be an idiot. Watch the count. You jump offside during the week of Utah State preparation, it's, That'll lose us a game. You do that this game, it'll lose us the game. If it's the wrong moment, you give them a first down or you take us back to first and 15, it, it will lose us the game. You know, and it's – you all feel it. So I don't know if this is a planned a, a, a media approach in Provo. Like, oh, yeah, just it's not a rivalry to us. Or it's not – you got to be careful not letting your mind believe that. Well, because if your mind believes that, which it doesn't, 
then you're not hitting the, the level of, of energy that you need to prepare for. So I'm curious to know if – who do you think this affects it more? So you, you bring up that point for BYU. Obviously, when you hear from Nick Henniger and you hear from Derek Wright, it, those comments – those guys are directly referencing the comments made by BYU players. And – I didn't bring him up. If somebody out there is like, eh, Scott's stirring the pot, I didn't bring him up. These guys said it on their own. You I was just, just asking about, about the rivalry. The rivalry. Yeah. That's it. These guys brought it up on their own. So, obviously, these comments have made it up there. So, do you, if you're a Utah State fan, are you thinking, well, geez, these guys got under our skin? Or do you feel like they've ramped up the level of motivation going into this game? You know, because sometimes you like to try to poke and get under people's skin a little bit, and maybe they get a little too, you know, over – you know, it – they get off their focus a little bit because they're so pipe hot and mad. Mm-hmm. I don't know who this works for or who this works against. If BYU really is treating the game like it's just another game, blah, blah, blah. Utah State's going to come in full guns blaring, man. They, yeah. they, they are, they're ticked. This works for the team that is, is driven by that anger and energy, in my opinion. Okay. In the rivalry game. And I think that that can be said as to how Kyle Whittingham has prepared for BYU 10 out of the last 11 years, or, or sorry, nine out of the last 10 games. I've always felt like Utah prepared for this like it was the end of the world. And too often, whether it was Bronco or Kalani, BYU was just preparing for it as if it was a, a game, a big game, a very important game, a rivalry game, but not to the level that, that Kyle prepared for that game. Yeah, I got you. It always didn't you always feel like there yep. was a more energy and, and, and un, unacceptedness coming from Utah side of things and losing that game. Bronco was very big in saying we're treating this just like another game, mm-hmm. and I know that ticked off a lot of BYU fans. They were pretty unhappy about that. And I know that Coach Sataki and Coach Roderick and those coaches that started things at the University of Utah they they helped start that streak. I know that they started to understand. Wait a second, man. Everything's different. Everything's different. Preparation, energy, effort, everything's different. Kyle did it. Kyle did it while we were there. So this is what we got to do now that we're here. And and we've got to be able to stop this. And finally, they got it stopped. The the streak. Yeah. That that rivalry game is still going to be volatile and unpredictable. And hopefully, when BYU enters into the Big 12, they keep that game on their schedule. I'd like to see them keep both Utah and Utah State. That's just me, but they're, they're not going to do that. Something's going to give there. It seems that there might be a year here and there, but to do it on a yearly basis seems like it might be a bit out of reach. But if I were to circle one game on this entire schedule remaining, Idaho State even considered, the one that hurts the most to every one of these coaches and players would be losing in Logan to Utah State. That would hurt the absolute most. It would be the deepest cut. It would be the most bruised that they felt. Losing in Logan, losing to the Aggies, losing on the road as a top 13 team or whatever they are in the country, having everything going for them, losing to Logan and and Aggies and Utah State and that fan base and that new head coach and these players – it would be worse than losing to Idaho State to them. To me, I don't know that Idaho State thing. That would to really me. wreck your season. 
But I get your point. Yeah, I got you. Uh, with the Idaho State thing, you know, we'll come out, we'll be embarrassed, ashamed. There might be jobs lost. I might lose my starting job. You know, I might, it might, it might be complete shambles. But to me, where they currently sit, and with Utah State going through a coaching change, they lost to Boise State. I know we're going to go through this because Utah State's no joke, and I'm going to talk about some of the numbers and some of the areas that I feel like Utah State could put up some real points against BYU. But for my dollar, that would be the most frustrating, unacceptable loss. So you tell me that's not a rival? That's, that, it's a rival. It's a rival to every one of those guys that have played in this game. And I haven't played this game for 21 years. Last time I played in this game was 21 years ago. You still get the juices flowing. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I love Utah State. I yeah. love Logan. Got a lot of respect for how they've treated the family name. And hey, 10 years from now, we might have the Hanson Scotty Studios up in Logan. Which would be fantastic. Maybe Menden. Which would even be better. Because Menden needs us. Maybe Providence. Providence and Menden. What you and I need to do is do that. It's a Hanson Scotty Show Studios in Menden, and we make a restaurant around it. Because I don't think Menden has a restaurant. I know that they had the depot, the old depot. that yeah. they, they tried to fix into a restaurant. I think that's become a reception hall. But, you know, they don't have a gas station. They don't have a grocery store. They don't have a restaurant. It's probably, probably a good reason. I don't know if Menden can support a restaurant. Oh, sure it can. Sure it can. Just need a, maybe a little burger joint. I'm thinking we. I th- I'm thinking we go worldly, man. Make it like one of the like a real buffet in Vegas. <laughs> in Menden. <laughs> Do the all world buffet. Oh, there you go. All right, we're just getting started. Hanson Scotty, it's your Cougar Preview Show, 12 to 2, right here on the Zone Sports Network on a Wednesday. On a Thursday, it goes Utes, and then Friday, it's a football Friday. Uh, we're live here at Tim Daly Nissan in Murray, 4528 South State Street. We need to get rid of this jazz gear. You got jazz season coming up here very, very soon. Preseason underway next week. You want to get geared up? Come by, grab some gear. Also, check out these Nissans with 0% financing. Uh, a lot of great options as well to get you in these vehicles. If you're upside down, if you've got some credit issues, whatever the case might be, Rich and his crew ready to help you out. Come down, find out for yourself. It's all right here on the Zone Sports Network. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Aggies welcome in BYU to Maverick Stadium for another chapter in their long rivalry with the Cougars. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch all the play-by-play action, beginning with the Aggie pregame show Friday at 6 on 1280 AM with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Preview Show with Hans and Scotty on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's your Cougar Preview Show right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Hey, Hans, we're going to be out and about on Friday, a football Friday at Mount Land Supply. 
up north a bit at Far West, 3142 North, 2000 West. It's the Mountland Supply Tool and Safety Tailgate Party. You can save hundreds on tools and safety gear. Grab a burger and a dog at the Tool and Safety Tailgate Party. Yes. Again, Mountland Supply, 3142 yes. North. Uh, I love when Tim's West. on the grill, man. In Far West. When Tim's out on the grill and yep. he's cooking up those burgers, he always sends us over a double cheese and... We ladder with mayo, grab a dog. We could do it all without buns this year if we want. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, by the way, I am doing, uh, I'm doing the old blend for burgers this weekend on Sunday. A little bit of blend. And, My and son's coming back from college. I'm like, what do you want to eat? He's like, I want burgers, Dad. And I'm like, all right, let's go. Wally World, Dad. All right, longer. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> oh, man. Uh just little no bun. You could still put the mayo and cheese oh, yeah. on that no, thing. I'm not worried about Some it at pickle. all. Because I got the bacon ground into it. Oh gosh, that sounds delightful. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about grounding. So I've been doing tri-tip and chuck. I'm thinking about doing uh, chuck and tri-tip, and then also working in some sirloin in there too. And then putting the bacon, grinding that all together. That's going to be a fancy. You've burger. had the burger. Yeah, it's great. That's yeah, absolutely delicious. Mix and up a little American cheese on there. See, I don't hate putting that bacon in. Add a little bit more fat, a little more, little more yep. juice to the burger. Oh, yeah. So there are times where my opinion doesn't match up with the bulk of opinions out there. And that's fine. I'm going to stay with my opinion. But I think I was way off on it. it. It's looking like BYU fans would much rather lose to Utah State than to Utah. I think they read the question right. You put out the poll question, who would you rather lose to? Utah or Utah State? And right now, what is it, about 60%? 58% say they'd rather lose to Utah State than Utah. I did include a I'm a Utah State or I'm a Utah fan. It said BYU fans only, please. And it's, it's everybody on their honor. And right now I'm only showing that 21% of my Twitter followers are combined Utah and Utah State fans, which I'm guessing that we've got Utah and Utah State yep. fans voting on this thing a little bit. Dan, uh, Dan tweets out, Hands, you are essentially asking Cougar fans which rivalry is bigger. Of course, it's Utah. If I can only pick one game to win between Utah or Utah State, it's Utah all day long. Um, is the joy of beating Utah – more important than the frustration of losing to Utah State? No. That would be my opinion Not as to well. Me. But for the majority of people out there, it seems like that is the case. Well, that's the, the current boat. I don't know if I believe this. And this isn't, this isn't a vote that players should be subject to, and it's not a vote that coaches should be subject to. But if, if I were to – the only thing I can do is dip into my memory of this. And if I were to ask them, coaches and players up there, if you had to lose to one of these two teams, who would you take the loss to? It would be Utah. Because Utah State is an unacceptable loss. to They, they, they were an unacceptable loss to us. Maybe it's just not that anymore. Maybe the rivalry has worn off of this in the last 20 years since I've been away from playing in this game. Maybe my heart is more connected to it because of the family name. But to me, this isn't even a question. Like, it's not even a question. You just don't lose to Utah State. That is a painful loss. That disrupts an entire season. That disrupts a coaching staff. 
Is it maybe a little bit different now that the rivalry's gotten a little bit more balanced? Yeah, because... Because when you play, yes. the thought of losing to Utah State is unheard of because you it never happened. Yeah. Now that the teams, at least from a win-loss record, are a little bit more balanced, I mean, it's... It's 2-2 in the last four. It's 3-2 in the last five. It's 6-4 in the last ten. So the, the only frame of reference I've got for that is the Utah rivalry game that we played in because yeah. it was back and forth like that. Yeah. And I think that that only adds to the nature of it. Uh, I just think that that adds another layer of we should absolutely beat them, but we haven't every time. But why are, why are we not? And how do we get back to beating them every time? But if Blake Anderson, in his first year at Utah State, beats a top 13-ranked BYU Cougar team in Logan, it, it would be overly, <laughs> overly devastating to Provo. And can you think of the chaos that would ensue in Logan? Yeah, well, I did tell him. Because, uh, again... Everybody knows. You listen to the station. I do the play-by-play for Utah State. So I understand that I'm kind of working both sides of this a little bit. But after the coaches show last night, I, I did lean over to him. Because we, when he got hired after his press conference, I had to host a, this Facebook Q&A with him. And questions were rolling in, and I was reading these questions off to him. And I before, and I said, you know, hey, welcome to the job. And by the way, we're gonna, I'm going to read some questions. We're not filtering these. I'm just going to read the questions as they come in. And I guarantee you, in the first four questions, there's going to be a question about beating BYU. I just guarantee it. And he laughs. He's like, they're not in our conference. Like, why? And I'm like, it's just kind of how it's going to go. Question number two <laughs> was, how are you going to beat BYU? Yeah. And so we were joking about that last night. And afterwards... Because our coaches' show was packed. If it was BYU week, there were tons of people there. They all wanted to know what went wrong against Boise State and how are you going to fix it and how are you going to beat BYU. And I leaned over to him afterwards. I'm like, if you beat BYU, you'll never pay for another lunch or oh dinner my gosh. in Cash Valley. In ever. year in, one? In year one against a 4-0 oh. ranked 13th team. There's not a win on his schedule that will do more for him yes. in, that, in that city. Which is disappointing because Boise State, in the grand scheme of things, is a way bigger game. And it would have been a huge win. They would be in the driver's seat for the division title at that point. But you're talking, and, and, and I will add that the relevance of BYU right now, where they just got the Big 12 recognition Correct. and they're top ranked, and they're, that adds to all of this. Like, let's say BYU is just non existent this year. They hadn't won a game, and it's just they're 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 stink fest, and they didn't get announced to Big Twelve. Well, then yeah, Boise State for a possible conference championship that's bigger. Yeah, but everything that's attached to this and what BYU, what the good news that BYU's had, and they beat Utah, so Utah State would have beaten both Utah and BYU by familiarity. Correct. He this would be the biggest win of his career, maybe. As far as how a, a program looks at him, could you imagine? Could you imagine John Hartwell just made this hire, and this guy comes in in his first year, beats Washington State, a Pac-12 team, gets his team to a three and one start, and then knocks off his in-state rival? It would be insanely, insanely big for Blake in that area. And BYU's got to understand that. 
I know these coaching staff, and, and we played some of the comments from players that are kind of tamping down this game a little bit, but deep down they know about that. They, they have to know the importance of this game. So Benjamin, he just tweeted at me and he said, wait, these results can't be real. Utah State losses are way, way worse than Ute losses. That's coming from a BYU fan. And he's 100% right. Utah State losses just sting different at BYU than Utah losses. Now, I didn't ever have a Utah State loss, but I, I know because I went into du- double overtime, and if I'd have lost that game, I don't know how to cope with it. I don't know how I would have even driven home. You'd have, had to, you'd have had to give me some anxiety pills and put me on a Demerol drip because I would not have been handling that well. Were you married at that point for that game? No. Okay, good. That was the... Because the fact that a game even went it over time, you were already in a surly mood. That was the fall just before I was married. Uh, I was... Well, I got engaged November... That Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. So, I, and when did that game play? It was before... It was October, probably same... So I'd have been just about yeah. to be engaged that year. Um, I don't know what these, these poll results... We got 500 votes already. And it's still saying 54% Utah State. I think people must be reading it wrong. Did I, I thought I worded it. No, I, hey, it's pretty open and shut as far as I'm concerned. This is how I worded the tweet. BYU fans only, please. If you had to lose one of these two games, who would you rather have the loss to? That was it. I think that's pretty. And it's Utah, Utah State, and then I put on a vote. I'm a USU or Utah fan so that they can see the results. Yeah. And it's 54% Utah State with 500 votes in. No way. I think you and I both agree that this – and again, we'll get to predictions and stuff maybe a little bit later on the week, but this should be a heck of a game. This should be a really fun, entertaining game. A couple of really good offenses – uh, I think we'll see some points scored in this game. I haven't seen what the over-under is on this game, but I might be leaning over considering the way Utah State offensively has been. Now, I know they went backwards a little bit against Boise State, but they are still a dynamic offense. They have uh, they create a lot of problems for teams uh, in that spread. And when we say spread, you've got guys that are can have a conversation with their head coach on the sidelines. That's how close, that's how far across the field they are. They work the splits really well, and I'm anticipating a good game on Friday. Well, Scotty, the numbers are telling us that this is going to be a fantastic game. And I'm becoming more and more optimistic that Lachance will be out at tackle, be playing the we'll tackle. Will be there, yeah. not out. Oh, we'll be there. Out. Okay. Yeah, we'll be out on the field okay. playing that tackle position. I'm, I'm becoming more optimistic, but I still don't know for sure. I am walking a, a game-time decision for Jaron Hall right now. I, I, I don't think – I think it's still up in the air. If you forced me to lean one way or the other, I would probably lean towards it being Baylor Romney. But that's just based off of what happened last weekend. I have no intel. I'm going to tell you, everybody, everybody shuts down on me down yep. there no, nobody wants to talk during these rivalry weeks and I, and I get it that's fine but I'm leaning more towards 
Baylor, Romney than I am Jaron. Although I do think Jaron is much more a possibility this weekend than he was last weekend. But there's a couple of big matchups where Utah State has the advantage. And one of the biggest matchups is right now Utah State is number 13 in the country, putting up over 320 yards a game through the air, passing. Yeah. 13th in the country in passing. BYU is number 82 in the country in passing defense, giving up 236 yards per game. So BYU gives up some yardage in the pass game. Now, I think it would be different if you had Heron and if you had Ellis and you had that defensive backfield settled and healthy because then you can use Chaz Ayu the right way instead of using him at a backer position that's walked up on the line when he's practiced the whole year to be a safety. Then you can use Pepe Tanavasa the right way. Yeah. You, you don't have to use him as a defensive end because you've got Tyler Batty. And, and Batty is another one I'd put on there. Uh, what about – but you, you don't think Aaron? I don't, I don't know. That's another one that's just up in the air. Uh, it feels like that one's up in the air. Okay. I do not expect Ellis. No, I wouldn't either. I think you're away. And, and you, by the way, you should take your sweet time on that. Yeah. Don't expect Ellis back. Ellis was the starting corner that got injured against Arizona. The, the very scary moment where he was carted off the field, worried of, of a serious neck injury. And I think that they're just taking their time with him. And that's great. They should do that. But I can't, I can't really answer for Heron either. So let's say, Scotty, for instance, let's say, for instance, this is the defense and some of the defenders that you see on the field that you had in the second half against South Florida. Jackson Fisher, who was playing uh, some linebacker, John Nelson and Blake Mangelson, those are both freshmen that were playing defensive end. Morgan Piper, he's a sophomore. He's playing some, I think he was playing nickel, some safety, something like that. Um, Let's say you got Drew Jensen, who I think was playing a little bit of linebacker. Let's say you had to go with Caleb Hayes. He was the corner that came in because there was another corner injury, number 18. I'm sure you've seen him on some of the South Florida film. He, He gave up two big receptions. Actually, he had a pass interference in the end zone that got South Florida to the two-yard line on a first down. And then he got beat on a quick slant for about an 18, 20, 20-yard gain. If these are the guys, Jacob Robinson, freshman, Ammon Hanneman, freshman, Hayden Livingston, a sophomore, if these are the guys that are on the field against Utah State in this offensive attack, Utah State will go over 30 points. They will go over yeah. 30 points. And then it's it, you're saying to yourself, okay, can Tyler Algier and Baylor Romney, can they take us to a 35, 38 point? Well, so far, no. I mean, BYU on the season's averaging, what, 20, 28 points a game? 389 yards total offense? What did you say they're averaging? Uh, I got them at 28 points per game. Okay, so BYU's scoring outputs, 24 against Arizona, 26 against Utah, 27 against Arizona State, 35 against South Florida. 
So 35 is their house, highest output. Yeah. If that's the defense, and I do expect Batty to be back. Uh, I do expect Mahe to be back. I don't know about Heron. Yeah. Um, and things will improve, which will give them more of a chance to slow down this Utah but, State off- offense. But, but the other thing, too, coming back doesn't mean 100% either. Yeah, what's their effectiveness, even if they are out there? Yeah, because I you, mean, obviously, it's better than what the alternative could be. But if you have got them at sixty-five, seventy percent, yeah, with a chance of losing them again, how how much can they give you? So that's the passing into things. The passing into things, Utah State putting up three hundred twenty per game, going against a defense that's giving up two hundred thirty-six yards a game. Well, let's look at the rushing offense for Utah State. Utah State is number 24 in the country in rushing per game, putting up 214 yards on the ground per game. BYU's rushing defense is 81st in the country, giving up 154 yards per game. So it's not like they're exactly the 84 Bears in stopping the run. Mm. This is not the Kairos Tonga-led front. They're, they're doing what they can to stop this up, but especially Haas got shook up in that game against South Florida. You, you were without your starting D tackle and a nice Amahe. If those guys are hampered, then that's a problem. So what, the point I'm trying to make is if those guys aren't looking at this as a, as a rival and if they're thinking, well, we're just going to go up there and beat the Aggies and that's just how it's going to be, and we're not going to prepare any differently or feel any differently. When they get in that stadium and they feel the energy coming from the Aggies, because the Aggies are preparing differently. They, they've said as much, they, those two cuts you played. Yeah. I think even in the short time Blake Anderson has been there, I think Blake is like, oh, what's this all about? And then you've got Chucky Keaton on that staff, Boje Felimatu on that staff, Al Lapueo on that staff. Yep. These are all guys that have played in that game and have gotten wins in, a, in that rivalry game. They know what to expect and how to play in that game. Am I missing anybody else on that side? Uh, DJ T. Alavea. Is he working with tight ends? Yeah. Yep. He is. So, <laughs> those are all guys that have played and won in the rivalry game. In fact, I want to say that all, th- all four of those guys were a part of one of the first victories Chucky Keaton uh, in 2010 was on his recruiting trip. That game where Jaime Hill had the meltdown and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, that was when uh, yeah Chucky, Chucky was. was on his recruiting that's trip. when he flipped from Air Force to Utah State on his commitment. So I just I think this game is pretty pretty interesting. We'll see who BYU fields. Hands and Scotty, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, 1251 as we continue on uh, with your Cougar Preview Show, getting you ready for BYU and Utah State right here on The Zone Sports Network. This is DJ and PK. Nick Ford, University of Utah offensive lineman. This has obviously been a couple of really difficult days for the University of Utah. What can you tell the fans who woke up to this news and were shocked? I mean, they don't have the personal relationships that obviously fellow players are going to have. Yeah, I mean, it's something you know you never want to hear. And sadly, hear it twice and under a year. It's tough. As a group right now, we're continuing on because we know that Ty and Ayla would have wanted that. And we all understand that's the best way to honor them in their lives is to continue on 
pushing. It's a really players-led program and a brotherhood, honestly, like no other. And it's time like this where it shows because you honestly see how hurt people are by this. And you also see how much other people care and, you know, take care of each other. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Preview Show with Hans and Scotty on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hey, by the way, I just saw this coming across. Remember the Titans was released? Guess how long ago? I would say eight years. Ten. Stop. It's been longer than that. I know, but I always hate when people that little like girl is like guess. married now. I know, Lloyd, but Scotty's trying to make a point, and I'm, I'm under guessing. So oh, so I look better. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I try it. to do That's that. That's good because if you've been like thirty, I'm like. Oh, oh I, I oh. know. I hate people do that, and yeah. it just drives me nuts. Uh, that, let's, look, five years, eight years. Uh, it feels like five years ago. Remember this? <laughs> okay, stop it. <laughs> Two. Remember it. You know what? It actually came out in July. Honestly, um, remember the Titans <laughs> can now go out and uh, it can buy alcohol. 21 years ago today. Oh, man. You know, I watched that last night. I, really? I actually watched it. I actually watched it last night. Yes. Just happened to be on Disney it, Disney Plus, and I was like, you know what? Let's watch Remember the Titans. Does it hold up? Still it does. Good? It's solid. Still solid. It's still kind of a tearjerker when the oh, guy gets in the absolutely. car accident. Yeah. Gary Bertier. Bertier. Yeah. Good movie. Can you name... One other movie that Gary Bertier was in, because I can. I can name you a series. Nope. Movie. Which one was, who's Gary? Which one's Gary? Gary. He was the one that got, got in a car accident. Oh, Gary, and, no. And broke his back. And yeah. Died shortly after. Uh, No, I have no idea. He was in Saving Private Ryan. Was he really? Yeah. You remember the deaf guy that they come upon? It's like, Ryan! Yeah, president. Yeah, Ryan. He said, "Yeah, that's what I'm saying, Ryan." Oh, wow. And he's yelling. That's a that's an impressive pull by you. I know. I have a a weird knack for seeing actors that are play weird roles in in bigger movies, and it's like, oh yeah, I know, I know that guy. You know what series he was in? No, because I don't watch series. Well, you, you should watch Friday Night Lights, right? I did watch Friday Night Lights. Yeah, that's about oh, it. Oh my gosh, you did! Wow. Was he? Was he in that? No. no. I'm just saying that's a series. Oh, he, he, he was in Sons of, Sons of Anarchy. Oh, I didn't like that. I didn't I didn't get it. I tried to I I gave that a shot. He was in that. Is that the show that we we did the whole spend the night at OC and Jan's house and <laughs> got dysentery? Had diarrhea yes, for four months? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I couldn't shake the diarrhea from their house. Whatever I picked up, it was. That's because you, you started eating chronic. these weird pickled beets or something. That's uh, why. It was pickled asparagus, oh, but it was no. it was the veggie yeah. burger that, that Jan cooked me on his George Foreman. Jan George you Foreman. A veggie that, burger? Yeah, and I put pickled asparagus on it. That had never been washed, like, ever. <laughs> it was so well, those bad. things get really hot. I'm sure it burns <laughs> off any issues that might be there. I wish you could see this. It it looked like an elephant's mouth. It was that grimy. <laughs> Jan and OC living together doesn't seem like oh, the, the high level of hygiene. That... And, and OC at the time, he had two Connie Corsos, uh, Mr. President and Little Jerry. 
and those were what do you think, Lloyd? Two hundred and ten, yeah, two hundred twenty pounds a piece. About, yeah, two hundred pounds. Well, right Mr. President is still with us, right? I think so. Yeah, little Jerry had uh, had some serious health issues, but Mr. President, I, I believe, is still with us. And um, and the thing is, both of them they blamed it on the other one for being the messy one. Oh, and. The dogs were the sweetest thing, and I hugged them, and I had slobber and hair all over me, but and I loved it, but it's just hard because that's so much slobber and hair. And then you add the slobber and hair from Jan. <laughs> <laughs> this was pre-marriage for both of them. Like, the series was almost over, and we're like, hey, should we just leave? Yeah, like, I couldn't yeah, sleep. Yeah, let's go. I brought my sleeping bag and everything. I still I got could, a picture of you, and because you brought a bed uh, pump. I've got a picture of you in sweats, and, and then you, a, but you bolted. Pump. You didn't stay. Yeah, I bolted. I couldn't. I, and you know how resilient. Yeah, because you, you wanted to stay at my house. Yeah, because I like sleepovers. It's fun. Jenny had the whole place cleaned up. It was nice. It's fun to wake up and have a little breakfast prepared. Because typically, as a host, you should prepare breakfast for me <laughs> if I'm staying the night. <laughs> you know, word of that did get back to Jenny, where she has a sign outside the door that said, "You are not spending the night." Yeah, she did. Well. Jan and OC were not aware that I was going to be spending the night, but I did show up with my jammies and my sleeping bag. And then I left because it was so stinky. Oh, boy. Anyways. That's why I don't get dogs. Son of Anarchy. Haven't seen it. Don't know a lot about it. So you were going and watching a show that you had never seen before. Yeah. And it was supposed to be the season finale. I just wanted to be in on something. Yeah. All right, Hans and Scotty, this is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We continue on with your Cougar preview show next. Take a uh, deeper dive in the numbers, what to expect from Utah State in this game, and also you'll hear from James Empey as well. It's all right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone.